This is Inspired in 15, where we dive into big ideas with the smartest founders and operators we know. In this episode, Cameron speaks with Paul Budnitz, founder and CEO of Superplastic, the world's first talent agency for animated synthetic celebrities. Paul is a serial entrepreneur and artist whose creations appear in MoMA. He's often credited with launching the designer toy movement in the United States, and now, through Superplastic, he's at the forefront of NFTs in the virtual creator economy, working with everyone from Paris Hilton to Gucci. We talked to Paul about the intersection of art, NFTs, and the metaverse. We'll welcome Paul after the break. As a founder, I know that acquiring customers is important, but keeping them is even more important. That's what separates the good from the great. As you grow your business and build great product, Zendesk for Startups helps you build the foundation to deliver great customer experiences. Startups get Zendesk customer service software free for six months and can access their exclusive community of founders, partners, and resources. Claim this offer at zendesk.com forward slash inspired and start building lasting customer experiences. Welcome, Paul. We're excited to chat through all things digital celebrities, NFTs, and art, given your expertise. And so let's get started. Before we dive into your industry predictions, I just want to ground us a bit in what Superplastic is. I've heard of Superplastic described as the next Disney, Marvel, and Supreme combined. And so for those that aren't familiar, could you give us a quick overview of what Superplastic is? Yeah. Well, I founded a company called Kid Robot, which I sold about seven years ago which was a designer toy company. And in the midst of doing that, we did a lot of work with animation. And one of the things I realized was that the animation, if you want to call animated characters, the industry for animation and animated characters, things like, you know, whether it's goes from Bart Simpson back all the way to Disney or Family Guy, even more modern stuff was mostly controlled by these like giant, you know, Hollywood corporations that were dinosaurs and weren't really getting the way um, media was going often and also the way you can make money off IP and media. And so Superplastic was sort of born on the idea of like, well, what if instead of depending on, let's say, a TV show, right, or a streaming show or a movie to make an animated character famous, we could do it ourselves and skip that and own and control all our own IP using social media. So we launched uh, first couple of characters, Janky and then Googiemon almost two years ago, and then added Daisy and Stax and Shoedog and a bunch of other characters. And we now, those characters are celebrities. They have 11 million followers. And one of the really interesting things is that because everything they do is controlled by us, which is great, they do everything that an influencer can do, but they also do everything that like, you know, Spider-Man can do. And they've gotten really into all kinds of interesting stuff. The stuff that we do is not rated G. It's It pushes sort of the edge of culture. Uh, very, very, very pop oriented. And we've gone into everything from obviously NFTs. We have a giant drop that's just going on right now with Gucci and another one, Paris Hilton. We've worked with Christie's. Jinky and Googiemon were playable characters in Fortnite earlier this year. We partnered with Jay Balvin. We make Toys, of course, because we know how to do that. We're working on movies. We have a store coming in New York City. The characters have designed their own apparel line. And just a lot of awesome stuff is going on. So essentially, it's a think of us as like a character universe, the same way that Marvel or Disney does that kind of thing. But we're right in pop culture, like, you know, like the greatest, I think, fashion brands around. And it's it's really a mixed up new way of thinking about animation, I think. Yeah, no, it's it's exciting. And and so you mentioned these characters that are central to the ecosystem that have millions of followers on social media. Could you spend a little bit more time explaining like what exactly 
a virtual celebrity or influencer is and, and the role you see them playing, you know, in the next decade? Well, <laughs> if you think about it, if you're following Paris Hilton on social media, your interactions with her are all virtual, mostly anyway, right? Mm -hmm. And occasionally she appears in real life and, and does stuff as well. But, you know, we have a full staff of really amazing 3D artists that come from a lot of the top studios. And our characters live and exist just like real people do, I guess, on social media. And they can also appear live as holograms. And they can interact with live people. You know, they do everything that you would expect a real celebrity to do, except that they're virtual. Interesting. And so you guys view yourselves as super plastic as essentially a talent agency managing these digital celebrities or, or creators. Right, yeah. and, and so from that, that macro perspective, what platforms do you think are serving creators well? And like, what is still lacking for these creators, whether in real life or virtual? That's a good question. Our characters, I mean, Janky and Googiemon and Daisy are on TikTok and they're on Discord talking to their fans. They're on Instagram. So they use all the same social media platforms that everyone else does. And I think all those platforms have the problems that they have for everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. There's no real distinction or difference. And in fact, there's some advantages with what we do. What would be some of those advantages? Well, some of them are, it, weirdly enough, for example, a lot of, like say Instagram, if you have a sponsored post, you have to tell Instagram if you're a real live person, but it turns out it's not true for animated celebrities. So we have a lot more flexibility in a lot of ways than I think even humans do. And do you see virtual celebrities as penetrating more and more of the media that everyone is seeing over the next 10 years? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think one of the really great things is Web3. I mean, quite frankly, the Web2 world sucks, is my <laughs> personal opinion. Uh, and the pre-Web world sucked even more for individual creators and people that are doing like what we're doing. And so, you know, Web3 is great because a lot of the stuff that's happening, let's say with NFTs and Discord, it's, you know, it's like there's a hell of a lot more freedom and we don't have gatekeepers to deal with so much. And the nice thing is we start to be able to go around even other gatekeepers, like the TikToks and Instagrams of the world that have their own weird censorship issues. And it is kind of nice. The thing about Web3 is it gives us back the power to do a lot of things we couldn't otherwise do. And as an example, let's say Janky wants to appear in the sandbox and they're partners of ours, which is a giant, you know, sort of metaverse platform. He can go right in there and he's already ready to go. You know what I mean? Right. And, and his fans can just follow straight from Discord to the sandbox and from sandbox back where, and, and we, and social media is great too, but there's just a lot of, I think as the next level of both social networks and new ways new entertainment platforms and revenue comes, whether it's gaming and metaverse stuff. I think what we're doing just fits and slides right in so naturally. Yeah, that's really interesting. And like to your point, these virtual celebrities have the interoperability and fluidity between metaverse in real life where that that's like, seems like another advantage that you might not have. Yeah, exactly. I mean, talk about like Facebook, they renamed themselves and their stock dropped by a quarter because they fundamentally didn't get it and it's controlled from the center. And it was, it's, it was a very, very interesting renaming choice and a massive miss, I think, because it was just showed that they really don't understand what they're getting into. And I think they, I know they, their dependence on advertising is not what web three is about. And, and so this is a good segue into the second area I wanted to chat with you about, which is web three specifically NFTs. And so Superplastic has been doing a bunch of exciting stuff in the NFT space. 
curious what it was about the concept of NFTs that led you as a company to invest resources and focus your strategy there. I mean, an NFT to me is the first artwork that links both commerce and time back to the artists. Mm-hmm. So like you, you got it, Andy Warhol made a painting and he sold the painting and that might've been it. I mean, Warhol was special anyway, but nowadays Janky and Googiemon, who I'm told by Christie's are now the best-selling virtual artists in history. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they've done millions and millions in NFT sales. Their NFTs change over time. And if you buy one of their NFTs, something else will happen later. You'll be offered something else later. And they control the commerce. They are not dependent on a gallery or a tastemaker to tell them whether or not they're good enough for someone to collect them. They control that themselves. And so... I think what's really exciting is, again, it's the it's interaction between art, real life and virtual events, time and commerce. And all those things are linked together. And as the contracts and the programming become more mature and things become easier to use and safer, I think they're going to change how we do everything. Yeah. And you, you have a really unique perspective here, given that your art has been featured in the MoMA. So you know the art world inside and out, yes. you know the creator and NFT space inside and out. So just you know, would love to hear more on how do you think those two arenas continue to intersect over the next couple of years? Well, I think like all these things, I mean, you know, in the old days, if you wanted your art to be worth a a million dollars for a painting, you went through the Gagosian gallery, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the evolution of things always has been, there are gatekeepers that determine value. So if you take the art world and you can do the same analogy with, let's say, animated entertainment. In the old days, like, and still true to a large degree, the people who decide what's worth owning, what's valuable, are the collectors, the gallery owners, the artists themselves sometimes in some museums. That's it, really, right? So right. if again, like, so if Pace Gallery decides that they're going to support this artist and all that artist is doing is throwing, I don't know, a piece of cheese onto a canvas, that painting may still be worth a million dollars a shot, right? Where, you know, the really nice thing about what's going on here is that those players don't really work the same way anymore. And I think it's going to be very much like what happened with the music industry, what happened with entertainment, what happened with animation, what happened and now what's happening with art is that the bulk of the collecting and the money and everything that goes into that, it'll be, I wouldn't say democratic is the right word, but I think that that the gatekeepers may turn out to be different people or they may turn out to be the people themselves. And I think that's a positive Thing. And I think that the existing galleries and museums and collectors are right now running around trying to figure out how they participate in what's going on now. Right. And in your view, have NFTs gone mainstream? And if not, what timeline do you think it will take for the vast majority of people to own NFTs? Uh, no, they have not gone mainstream. I think we can agree that Bitcoin went mainstream when JP Morgan finally yes. gave up screaming and yelling about how that they're horrible. And then they decided they'd open a fund instead. Right. 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 So I think we can pretty much agree that tokens have kind of made that leap. And the thing about NFTs are, I think they will be more and more mainstream when they're seen differently and when the utility of them, really that's the word, is something that's very easy for many people to access. And that means that, ah, you know, if I want to go to a concert and instead of a ticket, I get an NFT and the NFT is my admission ticket, but it's also tradable. And now that I've got that NFT and now I've, I haven't just got a ticket to the concert, I've got a ticket to the artist, 
You know what I mean? Over time. Mm-hmm. And when, when that starts to evolve, whether it's with music or streaming or movies or all those things, when those start to appear, I think that's the long-term utility. And, and you know, it, it will also, there will also be people selling, you know, 10 or $15 million art versions. And I, I, I don't know the timeline for that, but it's clearly happening. It's a question of it right now. It's, it's a little wild. Right. <laughs> The other area that I wanted to get your thoughts on is you touched on some of the brand and celebrity partnerships from Gucci to Fortnite, Paris Hilton to something upcoming with the Board Ape Yacht Club. What's the most important thing to these brands and personalities when they're discussing these partnerships? I think it's all different. I mean, it's hard, you know, like this last drop of ours is pretty chaotic. Technically, actually, because we just did this drop with Gucci and did it the way we'd always done it. And suddenly we were besieged by about 90,000 bots. Oh, wow. I think in a lot of ways, what's going on right now is the baby steps of us being able to create and connect with new communities using these types of tokens. And the biggest barrier right now is the SEC. Uh, interesting. Could you share more about that? Yeah, I mean, it's just quite simple, really. It's like I want to create essentially a reward token. That is, I want to say, hey, I'm going to give everyone who's bought an NFT some tokens and you can trade them with friends or whatever. Maybe you can sell them. And the SEC says that's illegal, or at least they're they're scary enough right now that no one really wants to do it within the US. And all the great development and all the great possibilities around a lot of what's happening, both with NFTs and tokens, is happening overseas. And the United States is starting to fall behind already. And I have to say, like as a company, we've already had acquisition offers from overseas companies because they can do stuff that we can't do here in the US. And clearly we haven't taken any yet, you know, we're doing great, but it is a challenge. And I think that the US government's got to get their shit together and figure out a way to both protect people, which I support and figure out how they're going to let us innovate. Because if we can't innovate, we're going to be overrun. Well, I guess you you touched on this a bit with, you know, thinking of experiences being token gated in the future. Just curious what else, if we fast forward to 10 years and say, I was a creator, what are all the things that NFTs will let me do that aren't yet possible today? Well, I think what they are is they're transferable admission tickets to different things. And they're ones that are both push and pull. So things can be given to me and I can also elect to do things with these admission tickets. And because they're, it's an open web, I can actually incorporate all kinds of different combinations and partnerships of tickets. And so I think to me, the combination again, this sort of interesting combination between artwork and admission ticket, the ability to buy and sell this thing freely on the open market, communication, you know what I mean? And all those things together, I can't predict exactly what all those things can do, but I can tell you what we're building is so interesting. It's just so fascinating about how we're going to put all this stuff together and end up with, I think, just a sort of a new world where uh, I I think that's just going to be way more open and way more fun. And we're going to get away from these big conglomerates that are controlling how we, you know, how we think, look and feel and hear about things. What's one thing that you think people outside of the NFT Web3 creator space would be most surprised to learn? That's a good question. I think most of what we've been talking about, I think NFTs were built in the beginning and people look at them and they say, why would I buy a JPEG or a GIF? You know, and I think they're missing the bigger picture about what this is. And I think for artists and creators, it's an incredible chance to really play with a new art form. Yeah, completely agree. And so two final questions that we always love to ask for our listeners that want to learn more about the space is the first being what's one thing or person that we should add to our media diet to get smarter about your industry? 
whether that be a Substack, Twitter account, podcast book. I read all kinds of different stuff. And I think there are very few people that are both trustworthy and doing this right yet. So I would say the most interesting people are the small creators that are really breaking new ground. And I would just kind of dive in with a healthy grain of salt for everything. Mm -hmm. and, and if you were to pay it forward to one startup in your space, who should we keep an eye on? I'm going to take a punt on that too, because I think I'm still looking. Yeah, that sounds um, good. Still watching. And so I, I think, obviously, I think what the board apes have done has been very smart. And I'm curious to see how they take it because they're sitting on a very high diving board right now. Well, awesome, Paul. This has been incredible. Thank you for letting me pepper you with questions. And I'm, I'm super excited to follow along uh, everything you too. and Superplastic have uh, in store. Thank you. That was a great interview. I really appreciate it. Oh, likewise. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review Inspired in 15, and we'll see you next time.